Hello, welcome to That Geek Pod. I'm Catherine and I'm here today with Era from Katanacast. How are you going? Hello. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, so I was a bit stuck for um, for guests. You know, I, I'm not very good at asking people. Era was lovely enough to to put their hand up and say, "Hello, I'd like to come on, please." And um, so we've lined it up, and so we're having a lovely chat. Oh yes, yeah, uh, yeah. I saw your. I think you actually like tweeted or something, and I was just like, "Well, I'm. I've got some spare time, so." <laughs> happy to <laughs> happy to 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 guest yeah so we've we've not um met before or chatted before but um i know a little bit about you from katana cast so i know you're a star wars fan which is always good big tick <laughs> yes uh we were looking at my star wars posters which I got from the midnight premieres here in Australia. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. Um, they were from the fan club. So um, with by the, um, what's the word? Artist, uh, Hugh <laughs> Fleming, who who's I think done some comics. So they're, they're pretty nice. They're pretty nice, yeah. Yeah, I enjoy uh, the more like... You know, kind of in the vein of the previous six, uh, the the more like not digital art, but seems more like the hand art. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, of course, um, Hugh was doing them before we saw any of the movies. So it's it's sort of interesting to look back on these posters to see what he thought was going to happen or just from trailers and things um and i'm looking at it now going well yeah finn's got the lightsaber ray has a star for all for force awakens so Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of interesting look back going well this is what we thought yeah yeah finn with the lights i remember uh the first time seeing the trailer and not only thinking how amazing in so many in a variety of ways was it to have this black soldier you know in the desert um but also a potentially black jedi uh which yes. of course is not how it had panned out no not yet not yet. Yes, not yet. There, we got some weird sprinklings uh, thrown in there in, in The Rise of Skywalker. And, of course, yeah. the, the new Lego holiday special was more overt <laughs> about it. <laughs> it was very overt about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of all the things we, we took from that, we're, we're really clinging on to, look, it's canon now. It's canon. Sure, we're ignoring the rest of you know the time travel and and Vader giving Palpatine best emperor in the 
galaxy mug. But <laughs> the cutest, by the way. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, Rise of Skywalker, yeah, I've... It's a movie. I, I, yeah. I think I, I did want to see Finn going around to different places, talking to stormtroopers, trying to get that stormtrooper rising, telling his story to even the ordinary people, and this was how they were going to spread the word. He was going to be almost the storyteller telling the story of Luke Skywalker standing up against the whole of um, the First Order or how he, how Finn left the First Order. Um, but we didn't. Anyway. No, we got, um, that was relegated to a single conversation. Yeah. Uh, yes. Now, um, when you came on, you were very quick to spot all my Diego Luna. Um, <laughs> of course. Art. And I just got a sweater this week with a lovely slogan. Let Diego. Let... Oh, sorry. No, you, you okay. say it. You say it. <laughs> Let Diego Luna touch Jabba. Yes. Yes. Uh, so we're living hope that in Andor, for whatever reason, we'll, we'll make up a reason, Cassian goes to visit Jabba's palace and he's, for whatever reason, again, touches Yaba because this is what we want. Yes. We want we want it. Yes. It's time the fans we demand it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also wanting Diego Luna to dance in Cassie and Andor. Yes. Because I don't see I'd why seen... that shouldn't happen. It's, it's a spy show. If I've learned anything about spies from Alias, <laughs> yes, they do a lot of stuff in nightclubs. Um, and we learnt from Lost Stars that there's such a thing as imperial balls. So I don't see why Cassian is not going to infiltrate an imperial ball and dance. I think it's logical. Hire me Lucasfilm. Yes, please. <laughs> you can add me as a reference. Yes. I'll sign off. <laughs> so have you seen Dirty Dancing to Havana Nights where Diego Luna dances? I wasn't aware that there even was a second <laughs> made. So now that I know, of course, the first thing I'm going to do is search all over the internet to find and watch this. Havana Nights. Yes. Wow. Yes. Dirty I, Dancing too. Yes. Dirty Dancing colon Havana Nights. <laughs> Look, just don't think about it too hard okay. and just go for the ride. And Diego Luna takes his shirt off and it's all good. You saw, yeah. Now, I'm, okay, I'm in. I also watched um, 
that reboot of Flatliners, which is really bad. However, one hour in, Diego Luna has no top on. One hour in. Okay. Time-coded people, one hour. Catherine's done the hard work. It's time now (laughs) for us to do the easy work. Um. Now, if I'm remembering correctly, Flatliners was that in '80s, and then the new, new I quote unquote new one was made what like 20ish years ago or something, or is it '70s '90s? I, I'm, my no, decades are a little off. It was '90s because um, it was the original had like Julia Roberts, um, Kiefer Sutherland, um. Oh, now I'm losing the rest of the names. But, yeah, it was that kind of era. And then um, the last sort of reboot was about 2016, 2017. Um, Recently. Yes, fairly recently. Elliot Page is in it. Um, Diego Luna. I think Kiefer Sutherland makes a bit of a cameo and then other people I can't remember. Right on. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just way off then. <laughs> I, yes, I, I couldn't believe I was sitting there watching Flatliners, but I did and I paused. On a scale? One hour in. Of one to the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I I should say that uh, I'm not completely familiar with your take on the rise of. So forgive my uh, presumption. Uh, look, the rise of Skywalker. You know, coming out after watching it midnight. I was crying, you know, forgive me. It was two o'clock in the morning. Um, We're all emotional very upset. two o'clock in the morning. I was very upset that Ben Solo died um, because we only just met him in a way and, yes. and he died. Um, and so that was me fully admitting my Raylo side that, yes, I was into that. Um, but there was, you know, that whiplash, that first time you saw it of, oh my God, it's going everywhere. Each, each time I, I watched it after that, it, it was a bit of, oh, hang on. You could have given that line to Rose. You could have given that line to Rose. Why wasn't Rose, you know, in the Millennium Falcon at the start? Um, you know, so, you know, re-watching it, it was that thing of I didn't even have to do anything to the story. I just gave all of Charlie from Lost's lines to Rose and then in the briefing um, I had Rose standing up to deliver her lines instead of sitting down to give her more authority and I was like, okay, that's almost doubled her screen time and gave her more authority and became part of the group. And and that's just me not doing 
anything else to the story and I think it improved things. I agree. But Hi, again, hire her Lucasfilm. <laughs> it so for me it was frustrating that obviously there's things we have as headcanon that we shouldn't get disappointed that doesn't happen. So I joke about Diego Luna dancing. So obviously if they don't do that, I shouldn't then go, no, this isn't my Cassian Andor. I will boycott Disney Plus because my headcanon didn't work out. However, it is frustrating when you go, these are slight tweaks and and it, it could have, I don't know, made the movie better, but at least given better representation to people. And, yeah, it's, it's a little frustrating. But yeah. I try not to get too caught up in my own headcanon. Yeah, but that's... does that sort of give you my my take? Yes. On Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But we've got um So Visions is coming up later this year. I completely forgot about Star Wars Visions until they announced a book like this week. Is Visions the one of all the like different uh, Asian artists in like yes. several interrelated stories or whatever? Yeah. That I am super excited for that. That's one of, that was one of the projects that uh, amongst the like a bajillion that Lucasfilm announced, I was like Yes. Okay. Sign me up. Like, no questions asked. Yeah. Um, so yes, I I did forget about it, but then I've gone, then being reminded, and then thought, oh, that's that is very cool. You know, I'm old enough to have seen the the animatrix at the movies, and that got me very pumped for the Matrix sequels. Um. Such a good series. Yeah, like not talk about the Matrix sequels. Um. I okay. I love the Matrix sequels. I'm a huge fan of the entire trilogy. Not gonna okay. lie. Oh, cool. <laughs> I, I, I'm probably, you know, it's that initial watch when you see things because it was so hyped that you maybe that initial letdown is always just in my brain and I need to go back and reevaluate because there was talk of making a matrix four. Are they still oh, doing that? You know that you know it. I don't know how, why, or for whatever, whatever, but I am excited. I will see it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think with me, with the, the Matrix series, uh, particularly the sequels, is my first experience ever watching, like, the movies in general, uh, was watching all of them at once. Like, so it was, I think I was, 
I can't remember if it was um, before my senior year in high school or before I went off to college or university. But um, during that summer, it, it was like all three were on TV, like one after the other. And so I just like sat down on the couch. I was like, you know, I've never seen these movies. I've always heard good things about the first one. Uh, I've been meaning to watch them. And I finally did. And I watched all three of them in a row. And it was just fucking amazing. Like, I just, I've blown, like, I will never forget. Like, I have a very vivid memory of, like, sitting on, lying on that couch, watching those movies, and just, like, continuously being amazed and mind blown. Yeah. Like, that first matrix movie so what's 99 yeah i think yeah um yeah like the bullet time and and all of that was just that was the first time we'd seen anything like that and it was just amazing of course as an australian i had an added little giggle to go oh that's sydney uh look there's the commonwealth bank sign um (laughs) yeah and of course, Hugo Weaving as Agent Smith is legendary. Just, oh, so good, so good. Um, and but yeah, The Matrix. We can't. It had such an influence on on movies and television shows, and it still does. Oh yeah. I don't think you can see an action film without it, in some way, referencing that that bullet time yeah oh, i'm yeah, it was so good yeah i'm always uh whenever i think about the prequel trilogy um and how george and company and team revolutionized f- f- digital filmmaking and and uh, cgi and the like visual effects i always kind of lump in the lord of the rings trilogy with that with weta and the yeah. groundbreaking special digital effects as well as uh the practical as uh, you know um with those but i always uh unintentionally forget too about the matrix and how much really kind of all three and i'm sure there's plenty other uh single movies and maybe also other franchises too but particularly those three really revolutionized like the way films would be made like until today like really just like 21st century filmmaking yeah i mean the lord of the rings the way they blended the practical with the CGI is is just amazing. Um, so I've been to New Zealand a couple of times and I've seen some of the filming locations, oh. and it's it's just amazing. Like the the spots that they've picked, like I'm always struck with Rohan that you know that hill yes. in the middle of this valley. Um, because that's what it is, you, and 
they're telling this story of them looking for this location in a helicopter and then just going around a corner and then going, oh, my God, that that's it, that's it. And that during that scene um, or during one of the scenes, the only thing they had to CGI was the spit because the wind was blowing the wrong way for the spit <laughs> to, to fly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's amazing because in the middle of Wellington, which is a major city or the capital, yeah. there's a giant hill of this park and a path through the hill. And you go, oh, okay, that's where the hobbits hid from the Black Riders. It's just, yeah, middle of the city. Wow. It's just a walking track in the middle of the city. Really? Um, yeah. It looks like yeah, it's in I've, the middle of like nature, no. like in a forest or something. Like no, it's in, it's in this park in the middle of Wellington. And yeah, it's just this path up. And you go, you, all of a sudden you look around and go, well, that's the tree root. And that's oh. the tree. That's where they were. That's so it's, cool. It's so good. Um, but yeah, New Zealand is an amazing place with such a lot of different environments to filming. So Peter Jackson definitely knew what he was doing filming there. Oh, yeah. But yeah, the Lord of the Rings trilogy is definitely one of those changing of movies that just changed how we do things. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm have to admit I'm a big fan of the blending of the practical and CGI. Yes. And that's what I've enjoyed the most out of, you know, the recent Star Wars is that it's it's the blending of the two. And I've enjoyed that out of Marvel as well. You know, seeing what they can do. Marvel Yes. With a lot of the newer and bigger action films, those I'm less uh, knowledgeable on just because I don't own physical copies. Like, I'll, you know, when I was, and still even today, um, but particularly when I was younger, you know, and, and stuff came out on uh, home release, I was always about the special features. Always. Yeah. That's something that, you know, I kind of, I miss I miss from, you know, the DVD that you'd watch it, then you'd watch it with the commentary, then you'd watch all the special features. Yep. Um, and then you'd rewatch it again. Yeah. After that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you'd make money's worth. But, um, yeah, that these days there's not really, you don't really get that as much, especially if you're only watching something on streaming. Yeah. And, can you always justify buying a physical copy of something? I don't know. Yeah. I know for me, um, so I try to like, I'm a huge, I'm very into like the criterion collection and um, the, it like all those it's just so great. They have a whole bunch of different um, international films and, and stuff. And, you know, what comes with it 
is like not just special features, but they restore the audio and the the visual imagery. They also sometimes include either several essays or one essay. Um, and uh, even on their streaming platform, they have the Criterion channel. Um, they was not all, but with some of their movies, they have the like certain special features of it or like interviews and, and whatnot, additional supplemental material, which like with Disney plus with some of its movies, I've really appreciated um, because that's the kind of con- like consumer or, uh, you know, that's how I enjoy digesting my media is I love as much as I love the actual end material I'm all about the behind the scenes and the actual like well how did we go from paper to screen or um all that and so uh and so actually uh, an issue I've been trying to I, I try to be good about it and very selective but uh up quote unquote upgrading my the movies I do have on DVD and getting Blu-ray <laughs> copies of those. Um which now is like almost like should I just wait until 4K becomes like a low price, but then it's just like a, then I get in a whole cycle and then I just end up buying the Blu-ray and then whatever. Yeah. Um I'm yeah. gonna... <laughs> I- I'm a bit, well, in order to appreciate 4K, I'd have to upgrade my TV because my TV is from like 2009, 2010, something like that. Yeah, it works fine. If it works, it works. Yeah. No need to upgrade. No. Um, So, you know, I haven't really upgraded a lot of things, um, but I did buy the massive Skywalker Saga box set. Um, look, I that's, bought a I'm lot of things on lockdown. Same. I bought a lot of things on lockdown. That's how I became a Black Series collector. Was <laughs> I finally had the time and money to like, okay, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> yeah, so I, I bought that. The, f- the funny thing was is that when it arrived, um, my... My year 12s, my senior class, they were going to, I scheduled in going, okay, we'll have a live session now that you can drop in to ask me questions because usually I did a lot of pre-recorded stuff and they would work, Mm -hmm. email me questions because my lot just, if you had them on on live, they wouldn't put their camera on and wouldn't talk. So it sort of got to a, okay. But I had a a live session but none of them came on, but I did my own personal, you know, unwrapping, unboxing nice. of my Skywalker saga. <laughs> but they all missed. Yeah, but the funny They're thing is the last, yes, <laughs> the last few things I've bought as physical copies was a lot of Jane Austen adaptations because Ooh. I couldn't find them streaming. Yeah. So I was like, okay, 
I'll buy the DVDs. So I have a big Jane Austen collection. Hell yeah. Is is that leads me to ask, is uh the Anya Taylor Joy Emma on Hulu, by the way? Or is I feel like I might have seen um, it somewhere. I've been trying to watch on, it for a year. It's on Amazon here. Oh, okay. So that might be worth a look. We don't have Hulu here, so the Hulu content sort of gets a bit spread around. But yeah, try Amazon to see whether it's on there because um, that's where it is on here. Yeah. I did end up buying the Blu-ray because I was like, I have to complete this Jane Austen physical <laughs> media collection now. I have so much of it that to leave gaps just feels wrong. Yeah. Like collecting Black Series. <laughs> Well, that so uh, with Black Series, uh, I, it's funny because I remember before becoming a full-time teacher when I was um, a substitute teacher and, and filling in, um, I remember on one of my date, like on one of the free periods I had, I, you know, we were allowed to like take laptops, sign them out, um, and so I literally like had a little like notepad and just like researched and like wrote down like either all the figures that were available that I wanted or just like uh, characters from the sequel trilogy that I was just like, oh, I really like that character. going to write their name down. Like if I ever have the time or, or money, because uh, I commute. And so, you know, uh, a lot of, money would go to gas money or or a lot of my spending money would go to spending money on gas and yeah so when quarantine happened oh my god it was a field day (laughs) and they just the they just keep coming out well luckily (laughs) luckily they sort of been on a, a pause the last like couple months so my wallet's gotten a bit of a breather there but now that I have pretty much what I want, you know, my goal now is, okay, get the 40th anniversary for Return of the Jedi wave. And then maybe, maybe, you know, a, a couple others for the next season of Mandalore. And if not, okay, whatever. Like, I think now I'm kind of like hitting my peak. It is funny with the Black Series. There's a period where you go, ooh, ooh, and you you buy quite a lot and then you realise, hang on, no, (laughs) I think I'm done. I think I'm done. Obviously, you know, I'm Diego Luna focused, so Diego Luna, Cassian comes out. You're a fan of Diego Luna? Oh, no. I never mention it. <laughs> um but otherwise you know I'm not really getting anything else I've I've got a few little like baby odors and but I have to admit a lot of my pops you know the Funko pops have been gifts that classes have given me at the end of the year that's cute so yeah it's yeah 
At least you get gifts from your kid. Um, yeah, so I, <laughs> I get I get Star Wars Funko Pops. Um, other teachers get, like, bottles of wine. <laughs> like, from, like, I'm talking from our senior students. Yeah. They'll put in and, and buy things um, for us, um, which is very nice and you feel awful sometimes like accepting it like i would be the time where it's like if they're giving it to me i'd be like oh no 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 but like still taking it happily (laughs) no you shouldn't have but really should have thank you (laughs) i was like oh no you shouldn't have you shouldn't have and then i i got the the funko pop of um baby yoda with the frog hanging out of vic's mouth i'm like oh wow you really shouldn't Um, but you know, I'd sort of twigged because a little while before they had asked me, Miss, um, who's your favorite Star Wars character? And I they said, had Cassian Andor. And they're like, Who? Mm, that's right, none of you watched Star Wars. Uncultured I really like the Mandalorian, Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> I've R2-D2. noticed. I noticed you don't refer to him as Yoju as your Australian friendly <laughs> counterpart. Uh, Yoju, uh, if you will. Yes. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you you have to add the if you will. If you will. at the end. Shout yes. out to Steel. Yes, Steel. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so much of of Star Wars has been through Steele's enjoyment of it. It's, it just cracks me up. So they re-released the Star Wars movies here like one a weekend. And okay. so, yeah, I went to – yeah. Um, so I saw Return of the Jedi and during the um, – the sail barge, you know, R2-D2 shoots the lightsaber, Luke grabs it and ignites the green and it's like, oh, Steel's moment. <laughs> and then, of course, Steel's face over, superimposed over Luke and then you hear the accordion. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's something that I've loved being a part of a community now is that there's so many people I know who's got favourite characters or favourite bits so we I can enjoy things like through them. Yes. So I, I yes. was never a Boba Fett girl but then in that first episode of second season of Mandalorian, oh, when yeah. we saw Tim Morrison, I was like, oh, my God, Horse is going to yes. be so happy. Yes, <laughs> exactly. First thought, not, oh, my yes. God, it's Boba Fett. It's, oh, my God, Hawes. <laughs> and and because we, um, we got it here like at 7 o'clock Friday night, Look, I don't know how Australia has made Lucasfilm so happy, but because it's midnight 
um, West Coast time, that will line up depending on daylight savings with like 7 o'clock, 6 o'clock Friday night Australian Mm. Eastern time. Perfect. It is perfect. So, you know, after that, episode aired all of us here in Australia we've got like a little chat group going oh my god horse is going to be so happy but we just had to contain ourselves until we knew the rest of the world had seen it yeah so you're lucky you don't have to well for me it would be waking up at three in the morning yeah you can just watch it in the noon and just Yep. Dinner, dinner, it's, dinner in a shell. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that thing of now with with all the Marvel releases as well. It's kind of like, well, look, look, I'm not doing anything Friday nights now. Don't don't call me. No, Friday nights is dinner and Disney Plus. Um, even to the point where little insight into Catherine here. I usually call my mum. <laughs> Every night, seven o'clock. Not Fridays. No. 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 We we have an early phone call. A mum is now trained. She knows, oh, there's a show on tonight, isn't there? I'm like, yes, mum, there's a show. <laughs> That's sweet. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. Um now, did you go to Star Wars Celebration, the last one? No, I have yet to go to one. I was hoping that the one that was supposed to be uh, this past August uh, 2020 would be my first. That obviously didn't pan out. So um, I am now waiting, uh, hopefully, for some, whenever it is, uh, extra tickets or if people weren't able to aren't able to go or for whatever reason gave their tickets up i'm fingers crossed and hopefully we'll make the trek uh gosh in in 2022 yes yeah next year it feels better saying next year as opposed to two years away tell me about it yeah so yes, I've got my tickets. Um, so oh, did they you go released. To the, did you go to the most recent yeah. last one? Yeah. So I was at the 2019 one with Gosh. a lot of the Australian crew. So Josh from Star Wars Belt Out, oh, Andy cool. and Steph from um, Star Wars 101, mm-hmm. um, Turbo, Matt, Matt, Matthew Turbin, um, yeah. Matt Grant from um, Blue Panther Milk. Um, we were, apart from Matt, we were, we had an Airbnb together. So that's the best. Yeah. Um, which was, ended up being walking distance, like a 10 minute walk from where the bad motivators and the Canto Bite people were, Echo Base. Oh my God. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So that's oh. why I was like, yeah, I've got to go back to see all my friends and meet new friends yeah, for the first I, time like you. Exactly. I uh, 
I mean, never in a million years uh, would I have thought I'd have the friends and acquaintances I do now because of uh, the greater Star Wars community. And um, like even before podcasting, everyone was, you know, very open uh, accepting and and very like genuine and nice and um just like it just it's just lucky like a lot of the people that um that are around and a part of this community and help shine and help the community yes. really be the the best it can be yeah, it's amazing. Like I had so Steele's first podcast that I listened to was I Love Green Guide Letters, where he read out letters to the television guide here in Australia. <laughs> Complaint letters. It it's just hilarious. Um <laughs> and <laughs> and so I would go to some podcasts of those, um, you know, by myself and, yep, it was good. And then he brought out Steel Wars and then I started going to live ones of those. It was funny. Again, live ones of those started during Comedy Festival, which is on at the moment. Um, Mm -hmm. So the first week you sort of got get there and we're all, you know, in our line, on our phones. Um, then the next week you, you get there, it's the same people. You're scanning a line on your phones and you sort of look up and go do the, hey, with your eyes of the, yep. oh, yeah, you know, that universal eye raise and head nod. Hey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by about the fourth week we were sort of sitting together and then it's continued that these people that I've met because of Steel Wars have become such an amazing group of close friends and and that sort of spread around the world. So, you know, all these people I am friends with now around the world, you know, I went from having a very small group of friends and finding it hard to make friends you know as an adult you don't make friends easily yeah to this amazing community and for all the issues that we have on social media oh my god it's it's also amazing yes right yeah so um yeah that first day of celebration when we went up to Echo Base and I texted Emily that, hey, we're at the front door. She, you could sort of hear her running to the front door, opening it up and just, <laughs> yay, and we're giving each other hugs. And That's the and, best. and then we were sort of staring at each other, go, oh, my God, we're in person. <laughs> so that's why I woke up at 2 a.m. to get, my tickets to the, you know, Anaheim celebration because I was like, 
I need to go. It's, yeah. The panels are great. Um, the atmosphere is fantastic. But it's meeting your friends. Yeah. It can't be discounted. So I I hope you get some tickets or at least can come along because, yeah, yeah you'll love it. Yeah, me and Ben have uh, have <laughs> we've kind of decided even if we can't get tickets, we might still just go and like hang with friends and yeah, like still meet yeah. up with people and and have a blast at the uh, Galaxy's Edge over there, yes. which I have have yet to be or attend, I should say. Yeah, it's that was also, you know, I'd also bought my um Disneyland five day pass and and I'd also bought um a couple of nights at the Disneyland hotel at the end of my trip to oh, treat wow. myself. I got my money back, so it's in a bank account ready for me to book <laughs> the trip again. Nice, nice. So, <laughs> yeah. Well there you go. Yeah. I just finished paying off the flights and all the accommodation when the everything hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, money's back in your bank account. I've done the planning, so I just have to go back to the travel agent and say, "Just rebook things." Yeah, just as much as possible. That's the nice thing, at least for me, anyway. Is like having it next year is well now i know like money and saving (laughs) (laughs) yes um yeah saving saving um so you know as an as an australian i've never seen a convention that big before because we have conventions here but they're never that big, you yeah. know, and it was huge and a bit overwhelming at times, but it was heaps of fun. Um, and sometimes you can get a bit swept up in the in the things. So, you know, Josh and I were walking around trying to find like his um black series or certain figures and. And we got a bit caught up. Um, you know, my suitcases coming back were very, very full. <laughs> yeah. Very full. I can only imagine. Um, to the point where I, I've i got a director Krennic, um Disney store um, one, a figure. So I carefully opened the box, slid him out, rolled up T-shirts, put yep. them at the side of the box and slid him back in because I was that tight on the space in my suitcase. <laughs> I had to be putting wow. clothing in boxes. So I don't know if I overpacked. I don't know. Probably. Um, no. 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 No, you packed no. just enough. Mm. Yeah. I being from Melbourne, um, we're known for having a lot of different weather in a day. 
So I tend to go, well, it could be rainy one day, it could be cold one day, who knows? So there's sunshine now. Yesterday it was pelting with rain and sunshine and then pelted with rain again. Um, but, yeah, it was – so I, I've got a tendency to overpack. I'll just blame Melbourne, our four seasons in one day. Yeah. There's a quote. I don't know. I think it was Ben Franklin who said, the smart man brings an umbrella with them when it's raining. The wise man brings an umbrella every day. So there you go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm certainly starting to get excited again for celebration. Um, yeah, Disney, Disneyland, the the Marvel um, stuff at, at Disney, that's looking fun as well and the world – getting into the Marvel shows. Are you watching the, the Marvel shows at I, all? Or? I am. WandaVision, fucking amazing. Yeah. Like so fucking good. Holy shit. And then uh, I – what's nice is even though I am as much as I love Marvel and like DC as well and – all that other, you know, all the good stuff. What's yeah. nice is um, I know my limits and Star Wars are the ones that I wake up at three in the morning on Fridays for. But with the Marvel shows, I do watch them, but, you know, I cut myself some slack on them. And I actually still have yet to watch Friday's uh, episode of um Falcon, Falcon and Winter. And the Winter. But the, I watched yeah. the first episode and I'm interested to see where it goes. I, I'm more of a fan of Winter Soldier than Falcon. Mm. Um, so I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm along for the ride. I'm not totally like... I don't know where I am on the ride, but I'm there. I'm on it. And, uh, but I, WandaVision, like it, stunning, beautiful yes. chef, chef's kiss. With, with WandaVision, you know, I was stunned that they managed to keep it to the sitcom format. Yes. For what, three episodes with only the tiniest of hints of an outside world, that they were brave enough to stick to that for three episodes. And so it was really weird and different. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier is probably a little more, you know, traditional sort of Marvel type affair. But I think they have some interesting social commentary within it. So, you know, with um, Bucky going to therapy to talk through um, his issues, which I think is great to see on screen. Um, 
in episode two, I think there's a lot of social commentary that um, I think is is really interesting to have, yeah, in a, in a big Marvel property. So I, I think it's good. But, you know, overall it's a far more traditional, you know, sort of MCU type seemed, of thing. But it's It seems it's more enjoyable. like like um buddy like a superhero marvel buddy cop kind yeah. of deal yeah yeah so you know far more familiar but um still it looks amazing like, oh yeah it's it's just amazing what they can do for television now and yeah so it's great it's really good. Plus, um, Sebastian Stan with short hair. I um, am I the only person in the world who doesn't see him as looking like Mark Hamill? No, I don't. I'm glad someone else <laughs> is out there because I I love a lot of things about Star Wars and Star Wars fans and fan casting. I. Still cannot see it with Sebastian Stan at all. I don't think he looks remotely close. No, like, uh, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Yeah. It's the thing of, I think it's being pushed so hard now that I still, like, I'm, I'm trying to see it, that people going on and on about it that I'm sort of expecting them to be identical and they're not. So if there's any resemblance, like slight resemblance, whatever, I, I'm probably not seeing it almost deliberately. But um, plus Sebastian Stan now has cut his hair, mm-hmm. looking good. I love – I. Love long hair, short hair, but I do miss the short hair. I mean, long hair. I'm a little bit biased too because I have pretty long locks myself. Yeah. But I thought he looked pretty good. I do have mm. to say, the long hair. Yeah, I didn't mind the long hair, but I, I don't know. Some t- I, I can be up, up and down, up yeah. and down. That's fair. But um, yeah, the. Short hair, Bucky, leather jacket, awkwardly trying to talk to people. <laughs> awkwardly trying to date, too. Yes, yes. Can relate. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah. But um, I can't. But, yeah, it's it's really interesting show. I, I really look forward to seeing where they go with it. Um. But you were saying earlier with um, like DVDs, the the sort of making of mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Um, obviously, our Mandalorian colon Disney colon the gallery <laughs> colon. You know, season two got a bit short shrift in in terms of that making of. Thank you. Things. Yes, I thought so. Um, if I, sorry to yeah. interject real quick, no. but I I was satisfied with it. Like any behind the scenes stuff, I'm here for. 
it just felt not new at all. I yeah. I felt um both I don't know why uh they didn't I I guess maybe thought for editing reasons better to do the one chunk than the different than the eight episodes, which is fine. That you know, I yeah. eight episodes or one big uh doc doesn't really matter much to me. It just felt like like nothing super I don't know, not necessarily new, but just like I feel like this was for Star Wars behind the scenes, familiar territory uh, that we've treaded before. Um, And was in that in content, what in the content aspect was a, a bit disappointed with. Yeah. I mean, there were bits that I loved seeing. I love seeing, yeah. you know, Robert Rodriguez, you know, with his action <sighs> figures and then with his kids staging the battles. Like, that was the best. I- I'd love to Wholesome. see Robert Rodriguez and his kids just doing whole Give me scenes. a show of that. I'll take that as yeah. a show. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, it was just great the way he, he did it and, yeah, so I really enjoyed that and the little bits you saw of where you could see, okay, that's the volume, that's a set, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Yeah. Um, it's. Like, so, yeah, I, I love seeing that. Speechless. Um, but obviously when watching it, you could start to see masks on set so you mm-hmm. can your brain starts going, okay, this is when COVID is starting to hit. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it, it cut back on their ability to, to do big round tables or to to do interviews, which is a shame. You hope that they go back and do it in, in a way. Yeah. Um, and I think WandaVision also got a bit hurt as well with that behind the scenes. I, I enjoy the behind the scenes, but it would have been great again to have seen more. Yeah. Especially because they had that in development and, and like there was in terms of pre production a whole lot going on. Um but I'm sure like and that that's the like it, it's sad because now uh with behind the scenes stuff i imagine not so much gets put out either because of possible future use or like legalities and it, like it just seems like with some things some production crews and stuff are a bit more like closed-lipped or or you know kind of particular about which understandable but still like at the same time yeah it's funny but i've heard from a couple of people how good the um the like making of frozen 2 is on disney plus that i've heard yeah that's really good and it actually is a bit you know showing 
like both sides and, and some of the problems that they were having in, in putting it together. So I'm kind of like, oh, you know, I might go and watch the, the making of Frozen 2. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, I don't want to see all the 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 backstage drama, whatever, but I, I, I am very interested in the making of. Right. Um, Obviously, with Mandalorian, I would have loved more time with Tim Morrison getting him talking <sighs> yes. about what it's like to be back. Um, yeah. Uh, Mingwa, you know, talking about coming back on set, having her robot tummy um, <laughs> and being like she's in Marvel, she's in Star Wars, she's a Disney princess, she's the best. She's fucking amazing. Yeah. Love her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I understand why in the making of Mandalorian, why we didn't get anything about Luke Skywalker because they, yeah, yeah because they couldn't really make it without then potential spoilers getting out but it's something that i i i hope they go back and and revisit mm-hmm. at, to talk about um and with wandavision I, you know they really had a lot on that first episode that they were you know making and filming in front of a live studio audience yeah and, amazing yeah and the practical effects of all the moving um <laughs> Sources and things, but using the so effects cool. for each decade that yeah. they would have dealt with at that time. Yes, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know. I knew that they were doing a bit of that, but to see it, yeah, on that making of it was, I was like, oh, can we have more of this? And I know they talked to Dick Van Dyke for that first episode yeah. at least. I. I want to see an interview with Dick Van Dyke or or have part of that. Like, yes, yes. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. And to see, like, uh, like, I don't know. I don't know if at what point it becomes, like, too exploitative. Like, if he were to, like, come visit the set and film that or and, like, see, you know, his reaction to that but like i agree at least at like some kind of words from like some snippet of an interview with him about what it was like yeah. being approached yeah because they were talking about they're also using the old lights and cameras the chairs even and, for the audience yeah and the rant like everything yeah i love the level of detail they went to that they they bothered to go to because we didn't see all of it. We didn't, it, quote, unquote, didn't need to be there, like the chairs that didn't right. need to be there, um, but they they bothered to, to do it to get everyone in that mindset. Mind you, it was hilarious seeing Paul Beckney in that makeup and just his <laughs> ears poking out. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and to suddenly realize, oh, so they have to CGI vision onto 
onto Paul Bettany just all the time because that's something I hadn't really clicked onto. I thought there was a lot more prosthetics on him. But they, you know, had a lot of CGI. But, yeah, the ear thing was something that you can't unsee. Yeah, it's (laughs) – when you really think about the level of work, dedication, realism, um, and then, again – the idea of practical and and CG. Astounding for literally a a sitcom, a sitcom TV show. Unbelievable, really. Yeah. And to think, yeah, that they wrote this and went to Kevin Feige or... Bobby I at Disney said, this is what we're doing for for this show. Yeah. And they've signed off on it. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. But also I loved seeing how many female studio, uh, studio, but like story runners and, and Falcon and Winter Soldier is all directed by um, – a female and it's fantastic you know in the marvel universe getting more female representation behind the scenes mm-hmm. and, and is, even yeah. with their major movie productions black panther being helmed by black and african um mm. and african-american creatives and um shang chi written and, and directed by Asian and Asian Americans. Yeah. Like, um, slowly but surely, I think that's happening with Lucasfilm and, or more specifically, the, the Star Wars world. Um, yeah. So. Slowly is the word. However. Yes. It. You know, so I think that's another reason why I want to see more behind the scenes stuff to to see to see all of that happening. Um, yeah, but it is good to see some steps being made. Um, the last couple of weeks in Australia, uh, I don't know if you've seen my tweets, but um, there's been some stuff about female representation in parliament and anyway so it's definitely something I'm looking forward to seeing more of and that's one of the reasons I think I was a big Captain Marvel fan that Mm, seeing a female helmed superhero movie um, and when I saw it I saw it like at the premiere, seven o'clock Wednesday night here. Then mm. I saw it again the Friday night, and on the Friday night there was a bunch of teenage girls seeing it, and they got pumped. Hell they were yeah. super pumped and super excited, and that actually made me so emotional 
that I was like, yes, yes, you, you're you seeing it. You're seeing, you know, quote, unquote, girl power uh, on yep. the screen. And, and for the world to be seeing more different types of, of characters on the screen and for people to be seeing themselves represented on the screen is so powerful and to be seeing themselves also in positions of power behind the scenes yes as well yes both are equally important and sometimes yeah. well recently it it's been uh become more of an important um issue but uh, still, I think oftentimes uh, not talked about or discussed enough. Yeah, yeah, it's um, something that I think needs to be talked about more. That representation matters. That you need to. That we all have natural biases and. A lot of times people will hire people that that look or are like themselves because, of course, you have a natural bias. Mm-hmm. However, we've got to get past that. We've yep. got to get past that, right? And, and so once we, yeah, representation matters. I'm not good at talking about all these things, but... <laughs> I'm trying, I'm learning, and but yeah, that's but like all we can do, to, right? Yeah, better to try and learn and uh, even talk as much as much as you can and as much as you are than than not at all. Um, because yeah, like there's so many different stories t- to tell. And for the longest time, there's only been a handful uh, that have just been recycled and reused or, you know, kind of shifted around. Um, and we need to we need to get 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 past that handful of stories and, and really have creatives and media that's representative of the actual world and reality in in which we live yeah yeah so you know like our big soap here in australia is neighbors Mm -hmm. and it's still a pretty white show um I, i mean i haven't watched it in a long time and admittedly i'm for whatever reason, YouTube started suggesting clips from the late 80s, early 90s to me to watch. And I'm like, yes, I'll watch Scott and Charlene's Wedding again. Yes, I'll watch, you know, all of this stuff. But it sort of brings home to me of it. that was a long time ago and Australia looks very different and we need our television to look the way we look and it's not white not everyone's white anymore and and I think they are making strides in 
in um, LGBTQI plus um, representations. Um, but I, and I think, but yeah, we need to see more representation for, for everyone because yeah. sometimes I think about, yeah, the students I teach and I think, are you seeing yourselves in, in Australian media? And no. And if they do, it's not always positive. Yeah. That's the thing is, um, well, you know, it's a Canadian show, but um, watching Shit's Creek and mm. particularly David's uh, pansexuality, um, it's like from the very beginning is very it's like not an issue and it's super nice yeah. to see that and it's just so comforting i don't really know like like it's it's not it's literally just a part of the character it's not like the plot of an entire episode like how is... on the very special episode yeah <laughs> Exactly. Um, it's shows like that and um, and others that have the potential to like really help grow society, really. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's you know I've. My brother, my brother actually, lovingly and and I don't think actually like antagonistically at all, like brought up like the fact of how with a lot of media and artists or um, movies, bands, shows, or books or whoever or whatever it is, um, a lot of times I'm very quick. For me, it's kind of easy or. Um, not easy, but like to me, when it comes to like the art and the person, it's just like, well, all of it's me personally, like, all of it's got to go. And so I'm very quick and dismissive a lot of times. And my brother brought the attention of like with Star Wars and the Mandalorian, where I, I'm kind of more, uh, like giving it more chances. Um, yeah. And, and so. Um, I just, it, it's hard, it's hard because it is, Star Wars is something that I love so much and have invested so many hours and time and, and money and, uh, memories, um, yeah. tears, emotions, all of it. Um, that, um, I just, for, and like, I think this conversation also needs to be talked a lot about more. It's like, I, yeah, I, I still, I don't know, uh, I don't know what it would take for me to maybe not become a fan, but, 
there've there's definitely been moments where I I've questioned it for sure, but um it's it's nice yeah. to know in the end however hesitant maybe and I don't know if it's Lucasfilm or Disney per se. That's that line is always hard for me to tell. But um you know it's like make more it's not hard to make more statements of solidarity with uh LGBTQIA plus and and uh black indigenous and people of color movements or uh, like they're part of your fan base they're spending money too they're invested in this and um i don't it's hard i don't know how much of it too is just me like thinking like they should be able to do this but not like really think about anything else like yeah. uh, that that part's always kind of hard to um consider as well yeah yeah because you know there is sometimes it's hard when when something you love you feel like is is letting you down um because you still love the thing it's it's like i just want you to be better yes you know it's it's that that feeling and you just hope that they can can learn and yes slowly make these steps um support support diverse people diverse backgrounds everyone yeah. I, i'm yeah I'm not expressing myself very well. I'm no, sorry. You're, no, you're fine. I just, um, well, for for any of your listeners who who don't know, uh, I am non-binary. I identify as non-binary, transgender, and talk about some of my experiences uh, over on my show, or I should say, our show with. Ben, the wonderful Ben, who's not the worst, and uh, Maria from <laughs> Sisters with Sabres. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like, well, for the Mandalorian, um, with she who shall not be named, for the last episode, uh, I've never actively, like, in any movie or whatever book, anything, I've never actively wished for a character to die so much than like, <laughs> yes. Oh, like cool. Like her guns not working. Perfect time to kill her off. Yep. And then, nope. Yep. Which was like, I should say what of that whole sequence, um, unlike the kind of girl power sequence in Endgame. That felt so much more natural in the last episode. Yes. Which I highly applaud. Like, it wasn't just like yeah. kind of like shoehorning. It was like legitimate. Like, he's doing that thing, so we'll be doing this thing. I I agree. 
because that seeing end game, I was there and watching it, and I, th- the memory in my brain is, I should I should be really emotional in this bit. Yes, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. Whereas with that scene in Mandalorian, it didn't click for me that it yes. was four women on the screen until sort of later went, hang yep. on, there's four women on the screen absolutely dominating everyone. Mm-hmm. And that didn't click till later. And, yeah, that's how it should be. Yeah. And as you said, it's important f- for the younger audiences, younger kids, younger uh, children to see that so that they can have the same, be moved in the same ways uh, and in their own ways as well. Um, Yeah. 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 A long, long time ago, you know, I I did an engineering degree. Um, So in a big lecture hall of, you know, 200 plus people, there were... 12 females Um, and sadly I don't know if those statistics would have shifted much so you know in my own little way I try to encourage you know females at my school to be doing what are traditionally seen as quote-unquote male subjects which Mm -hmm. annoys the living life out of me like Come on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's something I want to see more of. I want to see that's that's my own thing. I want to see, uh, yeah, I, I want to see more, more girls, more females feeling like I can do maths and science. It's not a boy's subject. I can do computing. I can do programming. I can direct uh, a huge multi-million dollar blockbuster. I can direct a TV show. I can star in a, a billion dollar movie. I can I can do it. And but I want that for everyone. Mm-hmm. I've it's it's sort of this thing of it started for me with wanting to see females and then opening my eyes of hang on I don't see everyone. This is this isn't the way it should be. We should be seeing everyone on screen, behind the screen, everywhere, and yeah. you know it. It may have taken, I, I don't know, but I've opened my eyes, had my eyes open for for a while now, and yeah, this is where I'm. I've fallen to. <sighs> I'm a maths teacher. I'm not an English teacher. Okay, <laughs> I don't can't make nice speeches. You're doing a lovely job. <laughs> anyway, um, so we've got visions coming up this year. Mm-hmm. More awesome. Marvel things. Book of Boba Fett, which I'm so here for. Never thought I would be. I Mandalorian. am intrigued by the Book of Boba Fett very much. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tim Morrison, just 
I want to see more Tim Morrison helmet off kicking butt because that was awesome. That, that was awesome. made me a Boba fan. Yeah. Or like, and I'm sure you've heard this, maybe other people have uh, heard me say this. Um, I know I talk about it a few times, but, you know, the cool book prior to this, prior to season two of Mandalorian, the cool Boba Fett for me was the animated Boba Fett from the holi- the original holiday special. <laughs> which like Which is so coming cool. to Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. And and uh Gendy Tartakovsky's Clone Wars, which super oh my god, super excited. Masterpiece. Yeah. I'm so glad that they are widening the yes. scope of what they're putting on Disney Plus. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I absolutely lost my mind when they had the seismic charge during that episode. Oh my god, yes. it was so good. Yes. <laughs> I, I was like. Oh, jumping in the air, pumping my fist, screaming, yes, yes, yes. My cat running away because I was making such a ruckus. It was a sight and lack of sound to behold. <laughs> so how, how can a lack of sound be so good? Because Star Wars is something that like is so like thrives on a variety of sound, and then the minute they have no sound, it's just like <clears throat> whether it's seismic charge or the Haldo maneuver or whatever, it's like you know when there's no sound in the ultimate space fantasy movie, like holy yeah. shit. It's gone down. Yeah. Again, that midnight premiere of Last Jedi during the Holdo maneuver, I do remember a, oh, shit. Yes. Just <laughs> emanating, which, you know, I'm, I'm very strict on, you know, cinema behaviour, but it, I think you're allowed during moments like that to hear an, oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. That and, and during um, Rogue One, when Ben Mendelsohn first appears on screen, uh, Steele was in the audience, so he just yelled out, Mendo! <laughs> and the rest of us just went, Mendo! <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, during the rise of... <laughs> During the first screening of The Rise of Skywalker, um, when it's like officially said that Ray is a Palpatine, <laughs> this guy in the in the like front of the theater, uh, <laughs> he was like, <laughs> I, uh, he was just like. Oh, fuck you. 
I was like, wow, okay. It, I mean, I agree, hard agree, but wow. Yeah. I, I think it was the, oh, I think that was the sound from our cinema. It was the, oh. Uh, Those were, yeah, that was the sound of the later um, screenings I went to. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It, uh, so, yeah, we've got, a, it's amazing how much we actually have coming up. Um, the Bad Batch. Bad Batch. May the 4th. Mm. So are you, okay, are you super into like Rebels and Clone Wars and? No, I mean, I was excited when season seven came out Mm -hmm. and the Siege of Mandalore arc, but Clone Wars is something which is sort of up and down a bit for me. Depending on the arc, um, fair. Yeah. Wasn't enough Obi Wan in that seventh season. Can I just be saying, not enough Obi Wan? Um, Ahsoka yeah. is the main character, though, and arguably I Anakin. I know, but come on, hot Clone yeah. Wars cartoon Obi Wan. A valid, totally valid. Yeah, um, I'm definitely probably more Clone Wars though, as opposed to Rebels or Resistance. I haven't even watched the second season of Resistance yet. I haven't even watched um, Resistance at all. Yeah. Um. So I found like the Rebels. And resistance a bit kitty for me. Although I've I've heard a lot of people saying that they've gone back to watch Rebels and they've found it better sort of on a binge or you know a lot at a time that it's it's sort of they're enjoying it more. So I'm like, oh okay, that could be something I do at some point. But um yeah, like I have to say I'm not super psyched about Bad Batch themselves, I'm interested in seeing that time period when the story is set and if we meet a lot more clones and the Mm -hmm. impact of Order 66 on the clones. So I'm interested in that side of the story as opposed to the actual Bad Batch themselves. Fair. You, are you big into it or...? So, um, with the Clone Wars, uh, I do, it's like, like you, some up and some down, uh, but I, I like it, I think for the most part. And I like to think that, um, in my head canon, I like to still think that, uh, Tartakovsky's Clone Wars and the, the Clone Wars series kind of take place in the same timeline, just different points. Um, Rebels, I think I'm 
a fan of a bit more than the Clone Wars. Um, which, for the longest time, like the animated Star Wars, minus Tartakovsky's, but that I watched as a kid and was super excited, like headed to the theater and was like, oh my God, like, cool, we're right where we ended. Like, um, uh, so for the longest time, you know, I, I put off watching um, the 3D animated Clone Wars and, and Rebels thinking they were, you know, kitty yeah. and whatnot, but uh, very much not reserved for children and uh, very much integral, I think, if depending on the level of fan you are, like I, there are necessary episodes and arcs that like, I think should be required. I like quote, I think should be required yeah. viewing um, because it, it, it adds so much it like they answer as many questions as they add and just so like amazing and, and great and, world building and oh my gosh like just emotions and everything um yeah so so to yeah. answer your question which i haven't really <laughs> at all um i i'll watch the bad batch i'm, I'm i have a cautious optimism i think with that mm. i at I will say this. I was more reserved uh, before the preview or the trailer. And then after, I was much more receptive to it. Um, yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. So, So, I think I've got some theories related to Mandalorian Season 2 and bad batch so we'll see how that pans out um it'll be exciting i mean it's it it helps too that it's gonna drop on may the 4th so yeah may the 4th and then friday releases the yeah. best i love yes thank you disney plus and lucasfilm for doing that yeah keeping us going well keeping subscribers right yeah week i i do like the weekly drop though it keeps gives us something to talk about for the week and I everybody's at the same stage love and hate it uh <laughs> very mixed but but uh, yes i uh I, I guess i secretly do love it i think i think for me the sort of more Netflix model of putting everything out at once means there's a there's a pressure almost to watch things immediately. And I've got to be I I don't like sitting there and watching ten hours of something. Yeah, I just physically can't do it. I'm like, nah, I've I've got to go have a walk. What if I do told something else. you? I once binged 17 hours of Game of Thrones, which is Oof. roughly like 17 episodes, pretty much. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm getting <laughs> fidgety just thinking about it. <laughs> I had two weeks yeah. to binge the entire series before the second to last season dropped. So, of course, I, like the procrastinator I am, I waited till the last possible absolute second <laughs> and then binge the entire series. But anyway, as you were saying. Yeah. Netflix um, model. Yeah, the X, that there's a pressure to watch everything straight away. I think about Stranger Things, that there's a pressure to watch it in a couple of days as soon as it drops and then the conversation's about that and then it's over. And everyone can be at a different point so you don't, it's not really that conversation. Obviously there's then no speculation which is a good and bad part of the weekly drop that yeah. it is fun to speculate and to pick apart. Um, for me with the Marvel weekly drop, it's good because, you know, then I get to watch videos by like the Sith list and where yep. they, they've they got a better knowledge of comics than I do. So in this recent one, mm-hmm. they there was something that occurred, I'm not going to spoil it for you, um, that they were very excited about because of what has happened in the um, in the comics. So I was like, oh, okay, I, I learned about it through through their video um, so I could get excited about it too and wonder when then it's going. So that sort of weekly drop is, is enjoyable for that time to – let it breathe almost and think about it. Um, yeah, whereas watching it all at once, it it takes can take it away. You don't have that time to reflect on things if you need to. Yeah. Um, plus, yeah, I think it's a much smarter business model. You've got to keep those subscribers. Totally. If there's one thing Disney knows how to do, it's to make money. This is and, true. <laughs> yeah. What are they? The, the second highest subscription after Netflix? Oh, I don't I don't know. I just know Disney's like almost become a monopoly at this point. It's Scary. it's funny like with you know talking to to people, you know, around Christmas time or in January talking about oh which streaming services you know are you going to keep or are you going to lose and you talk sort of talk about the ones that you've got to keep disney plus is now one that people talking about now you've got to keep disney plus now yeah whereas you know probably 12 months ago people were talking oh no i'll probably drop it and then bring it back yep but now people like nah keep it so and they're talking dropping other ones in favour of keeping Disney Plus. So, yeah, I think they're definitely, yeah, coming up there. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure too. To Disney's credit, um, or Disney Pluses, all the same, really. Mm-hmm. Um, weren't they the first? I mean outside of Netflix and Hulu, but um, for for new 
for movies originally planned for release in theaters, it was the, and it's, I think it started with Mulan, right? It was the first to yeah. put it up and try out. I think at that point it was uh, you could f- for a certain amount of days pay what like twenty thirty dollars yeah. for pre access yeah. before yeah. they put it up. So which is a smart thing to do to try to recoup some money during these times. Um, Once things are over, I don't know if they'll keep going with that, but it's something that they can always do. They might have – it might be something, especially with kids' movies. Yeah. You know, because it's expensive to take a lot of kids to the movies. But who knows? Um, But, yeah, the – Funny thing is, um, like Black Widow and all of that will prop will be released here in the cinema, so um, yeah, we'll we'll have the chance to see it in the cinema. I I'm not sure whether they'll also have them have it available at the same time to buy on or that premiere access on Disney Plus here. It'll be interesting to watch what happens in in places like places here like Australia where we can go to the movies dependent on certain restrictions. And Are you and able to go but... to the movies now? Yep. Wow. Yep. There's oh, well, not a lot I mean, out. technically we <laughs> can, I think, too, but wow, yeah. Yeah, so um, just as of like two days ago at 6 p.m. hearing Victoria, which have had some of the strictest rules because we've, we had the, the biggest um, numbers, mask mandates were lifted apart from on public transports or in ride shares. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, I was at comedy shows Friday night and we could be in the audience without masks on. Of course, the moment they've lifted mask mandates is when my face decides to break out in pimples, which was a benefit of masks that yes. you could hide your pimples. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, that's something that we'll keep an eye on. But, yeah, the... We had was 112 days of very hard lockdown here in Melbourne where we couldn't go more than five kilometres from our house. There were only four reasons to leave the house and only an hour of exercise. But, um, yeah, like we're at the other side now. But, yeah, movies are open. There's not a lot at the movies um, have you been to the movies? Yes. So I saw Wonder Woman 1984. That oh, was my wow. first venture back um, at the movies. Um, okay. What was it like? Did you see it at all on HBO Max or just ex- no, I haven't exclusively watched it in streaming? The... Okay. So. Yeah. Um, Do you think? Well, okay. yeah, it was exclusive cinemas here. Yeah. Oh wow. So, what did you think of the movie? And do you think that how you think about the movie related, like, does that relate to you having seen it in the theater? Do you think? 
Um, well, it came out here a few days after that last episode of The Mandalorian where Pedro Pascal is giving up Grogu mm-hmm. and an absolute dad moment. And then in Wonder Woman 1984, he was a dad again and there was those dad moments. So those moments hit me because of what had happened on The Mandalorian. Um, Kristen Wiig's books I absolutely adore. Um, Look, there were bits I liked and there's bits that, the more you think about it, the more you go, oh, no, that was not <laughs> great. Um, yeah, and I think any movie that has you stopping and thinking, even during the movie of, hang on, that doesn't make sense plot-wise, you're probably not fully into. Mind you, um, and then there was bad behaviour from people in the movie cinema. Oh, really? Like, the guy next to me, you know, his phone was in the drink holder and kept lighting up the whole time and buzzing the whole movie. Guys behind me were talking through the movie. The entire time? Yeah. Oh, fuck them. Yeah. Um, to this day, I complain to the – I actually complained to management because I was like, this this movie is too full. I don't yeah. think you're following your own rules that you stated <laughs> at, like, the start of the movie of – Good on you. Of gaps. Um, and they're like, I'm like, oh. yeah, but, yeah, because it was full and we were all sitting next to each other. Oh, my God. And, yeah. and myself and my friend were like, looked at the people next to us because we fully expected there to be at least one seat between each booking. And we were like checking our tickets going, no, yeah, we're all, we're all in the right seats. What's going on? And at that stage you had to keep your mask on unless you were physically eating or drinking. Um, But there was no one there to enforce to enforce it, so. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, generally, people here are very good with masks. Mm-hmm. Um, that we've been, you know, pretty good. But yeah, the the moment it started to look good, people relaxed, and yeah. because we've been so, our governments have been so strict. You know, this is why we've got maybe two cases of local transmission in the country. The rest of our cases are in hotel quarantine, that they've flown in to return home to Australia and they've got COVID and and that's really been all our cases. Which is fucking ages. amazing, really, when yeah. you think about that. Yeah. Um. Which is also why our our governments are hyper vigilant about we we want to keep though especially the variants out. Yeah. We've worked hard to achieve this level. We want to keep it there. So it's almost like yes, that your uh, MPs yep. actually care about 
the people they represent? Oh, well, maybe our state ones and our federal ones got dragged along because they had no choice. Uh, Let's not talk about our federal politics (laughs) over the last month. Australians know what I'm talking about. Bloody hell, ScoMo, I hate. I hate, I hate him so much. I hate him. I hate him. The only real foreign politics I'm remotely aware of relate to Ireland. So Australia, not really quite. Can't really come. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. So ScoMo. Scott Morrison Mm -hmm. is our Prime Minister. Yeah, we hate him. Okay. When the country was on fire at the start of 2020, he went to Hawaii for a holiday. Oh, like Ted Cruz. Yep. I don't, yeah. Nothing like a vacation. And his response was, his response was, what, you, you want me to go back there and hold a hose? Wow. Wow. Um. A few weeks ago, there was Jesus. it came out that um, a former staffer was um, allegedly raped in the office of the defence minister. Um, it started to come to light, um, and and his response was, "Yeah, I talked to Jen. Jen's his wife." So I talked to Jen and Jen told me to imagine what it would be like if it was one of my girls and, yeah, I thought how horrible it would be. So he relates to women only if his wife, you know, tells him to think about it. Mm. We've had um, in the past few days male staffers fired because it came out they masturbated on the desks of female MPs. What the fuck? So if what? I'm a bit, if if I've been very on a feminist rant during this, that's why we've been through some bullshit. What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh yeah, and um, our Attorney General. Or current Attorney General, we think he's going to get cross our fingers. He's going to get the sack. Um, came up a historic rape allegation from the eighties when he was seventeen. The girl was sixteen. Um, she committed suicide a couple of years ago. Um, oh my god! But it, it she yeah alleged that he raped her. Um, he went on stress leave and. Because he's the one that was stressed out. Yep. Yep. And ScoMo was like, no, it's the rule of law. You know, people are innocent until proven guilty, but it's not even an inquiry to see whether he's fit to hold the office of Attorney General. So... We and there was a mass rally of women across Australia, but especially our federal parliament in Canberra, um, with the the victim, the former staffer Brittany Mm -hmm. Higgins, um, 
and in support of just, no, nah, it's got to stop violence against women, domestic violence, all of this respect towards women. We've got to, you know, step up our game. They invited ScoMo to come to speak to the crowd and to see the crowd. He went, nah, I'm too busy. Um, and then going on vacation. No, just in his office. Um, and then it was he invited like the organisers to come and talk to him in private behind closed doors in his office and the organisers went, no, no, you can come out and talk to us. Good for them. Um, To put it in context, you know, we've had former prime ministers when there's been protests outside the outside parliament come and talk to the crowds. So Bob Hawke in the 80s when the unionists were out there really mad. Um, John Howard in the 90s when we went through our big gun reform, he went and talked to crowds everywhere. You could see under his jacket, under his suit, he had on a bulletproof vest, but he went and faced the crowds of people angry that they were you know, going to have their semi-automatic guns taken away. Um, and, wow. you know, other prime ministers, yeah, gone out, talked to the crowds. ScoMo, no, it won't face a crowd of women asking for respect. So, so do you not enjoying a live episode of <laughs> That Geek Pod this week? <laughs> so what, what would be more... Uh, Yeah. Okay. It's it's been it's been a month. It's been a month. Um. Yes, it's been it's been a month. So um, it'll it'll all be interesting how things come out. But yes, our I'd say our state governments have been primarily primarily responsible for why we've been so successful. Because gotcha. they've they're the ones who've gone nuts. We're, we're not tolerating, we're not tolerating it just flowing through. There's no level of tolerance. Um, whereas the federal government had to be was initially far more. Nah, you know we've got to expect some degree of it going through the community. Whereas our state governments were like, no, nah, not happening. Um, so. I hope everyone took note and remember this when we come to voting. Although, when are your next? I'm not going to hold my breath. Elections. Um, I think they can be called as early as August this year because we don't have set election dates. Oh, okay. They can be called like every three years, and there's like a a window to do it. But our actual election days are on a Saturday so everyone can vote because we have compulsory voting. Wow. Yeah. Good on you. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that's something that because we have compulsory voting, they actually have to make it easy for us to be able to vote. So there's early voting, um, lots of polling booths. Um, so. That is a benefit of compulsory voting. 
is that it then forces the governments to make it easy for everyone to vote. So so almost as if it's like the opposite of voter restriction. Mm-hmm. It's yep. almost like the government wants people actually participating. Yeah. So if you don't vote, there's a fine. Re- um, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's very big, but, but still, there is a fine if you wow. don't vote. Yeah. Because it's seen as, you know, like everyone having their say of this is the person who's going to represent us. Um, we're given freedoms as part of this democratic nation and this is one of our responsibilities as playing a part so every few years you go along to the local school or local you know scout hall you line up and you say your name to a person and they say have you voted before today have you voted today no they draw your line through your name you get two bits of paper and a pencil um you number, you know, order of preference for lower house, upper house. You have, it can be, I think my last one was, there's over 100 because it's per wow. state and then you yeah. can do numbers. That's a whole different system. You put them in your boxes, then you walk out and there's a fundraiser for the local school or Boy Scouts and it's a sausage sizzle and so... <laughs> $2, you get a sausage, bit of bread, tomato sauce, maybe some onions, and that's our democracy sausage. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that sounds fun. I think I might move to Australia. Yeah. So, you know, like people sort of think that idea of compulsory voting's weird, like forcing people to vote, but by the same token it's that, well, they have to make it easy for everyone in Australia to vote, no matter how remote the the town, the, you have to be able to vote. So there's postal voting, there's early voting. That's um, Voting days, uh, yeah, is a Saturday. There's polling booths everywhere. Like even at the airport, I think my parents voted once at an airport. That's so cool. So it must be yeah, nice living in a place that anyway. wants yeah people to actually vote. Mm. The U.S. government so, doesn't want its people yeah. to vote. In case you couldn't yeah. tell. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. I've kept you a <laughs> long time. Note, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, geek stuff. Mandalorian, Star Wars, MCU, there you go, geek stuff, yes. geek stuff, geek stuff. <laughs> um, so tell us about where people can find you. So you can find me on Twitter at iGallagher321. You can also find the podcast I help co-host at the Katana Cast. Um, you can also email the katana cast um i think it's just katana cast at gmail.com um 
yeah i think that's it yeah so you can find me uh, at that geek pod on twitter instagram facebook um my personal account at Catherine underscore Neen on Twitter. I tweet about Cassie and Andor and uh, Australian reality shows, not Married at First Sight, just Survivor <laughs> and um, Amazing Race, which is coming to an end. They they did an Amazing Race all within Australia. Wow. They didn't cool. go overseas. They just did it within Australia. So it was really interesting to see how they've coped with COVID restrictions yeah. to do that. So, yeah, that was cool. Um, and, yeah, that's about it for my daggy takes. Um, Thank you so, very yeah. much for, for having me on. It was a blast. I had so much fun. Thank you again for coming on. That Geek Pod will return. <laughs> <laughs>